Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. for the 11th time and this is the Ben Halloran special episode we're here at the Switch 1197 studios and a part of the Outside 90 Fan Network I'm James Coglin here to host the show do not adjust your headphones we are actually recording on a Tuesday this week due to the Asian Champions League draw coming up very very soon I'm joined by two guys currently looking at airfares for a potential away day in a few months Scott Owen and Adam Pace it was a great weekend for the Raw. Did yours live up to the teams, Adam? Yes, uh, yeah, it was actually a great weekend. Uh, three, three out of three, and uh, yeah, we're flying. Yeah, it was very good. Three out of three wins against Adelaide. You know, can't ask for anything more. Very productive day. All right, let's get right into segment one, the A-League review. Brisbane finally broke their streak of 1-1 draws with a convincing 4-0 defeat of Adelaide at their fortress of Suncorp Stadium. It was a great day to be wearing orange and named Thomas, with Orr setting up Christensen twice in the first half before Broich added a third with a well-placed header off a free kick. Jamie McLaren rounded off the scoring with a penalty after former Raw Grand Final hero Enrique handled in the box. Guys, we've been talking for the last month. We needed some sort of convincing performance from the Raw. Scott, did we get it? Yeah, well, we got far more than we've seen in the last few weeks, I think. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's our best performance of the year, but it's right up there amongst them. I thought we played well in a couple of the other games, but this was almost probably the most complete performance we've seen from them. And even with Adelaide struggling, it was still yeah. a case of getting a convincing win when maybe they might have struggled in past weeks. Adam? I think you, just, you can't complain with a 4-0 result. So, like I said, I think not only you know, the goal scoring forms come back, but I think the most important thing as well is the clean sheet. Absolutely. Especially with backup Jamie Young in goals. We're going to touch on that a little bit later, but yeah, for me, those Sunday afternoons at Suncorp tend to have something a little bit wonky happen at, from time to time, and it was good to just see the Raw come out and take care of business. So Thomas Christensen got man of the match and was, I thought, really, really impressive. He has four goals from seven shots since joining the Raw. Is he better than his predecessor, Corona? I don't know about that, but four goals from seven shots for a defensive midfielder, that's absolutely unbelievable. Especially when They are different players, though, Corona and Christensen as well. You've got to remember that. Christensen gets further forward more. Yeah. I think that's something we didn't see in... When we were talking about it pre-season, we didn't expect that from him. Corona was a much more deeper-lying midfielder. And especially considering, you know, we've seen defensive midfielders in the past, like Luke Bratton, who'll put one thunderbolt into the bottom corner and then think his next 12 are going to be just as impressive. Yeah, no, I think um, Christensen certainly has shown that, you know, he may be one, you know, a good buy as far as, you know, you know as our visa players go. And, um, yeah, look, he, he's... It's hard, like I said, the original question about you now whether he's as good or better than Corona. I think that's going. I think we can only judge over the length of a whole season because we remember Corona sort of started slowly and then sort of built up and obviously eventually become the uh, Gary Wilkins medal winner. So it, it's hard to see, but obviously we've got to be very happy with the way he's shown so far in the, in the first part of the season. And to Adam's point, look at some of the midfield recruitment around the league internationally. I mean, Christensen has to be right up there at the top, if not at the very top, in terms of players brought in this season. And I think the best part for me is he's not flashy, but he goes in, gets the job done, and performs, I would say, quite impressively. 
Yeah, no, like I said, he's um, like I said it's it's really sort of understated as far as you know his value, and like I think a lot of times where he's gone sort of you know, I wouldn't say missing, but sort of you know is a lot quieter. But I think he sort of you know when he shows up, he really sort of you know takes control. So. All right, so there was a little bit of controversy surrounding his second goal. Cue the social media Andy outrage. Andy Harper thought so, at least, anyway. Oh, okay, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was talk that it might have been offside, but when I saw the replay, I thought, how can you even really give that? Because if he was, it was mere millimetres. And I thought it were, they were level, and the benefit's supposed to go to the attacker, isn't it? That's uh, the way it unless it's a team that Andy Harper apparently hates <laughs> that week. Because isn't it a Fox Sports conspiracy that they hate one of the teams every week, or is Don't it both? Don't be delving into conspiracy teams. Oh, it's a bit, good bit of fun. Oh, I love, I love a good conspiracy theory, but you've got to have a laugh at them. All right, so Jamie Young made his first start of the season. We saw on Thursday that Michael Theo was being held out with quad tightness. It was Thursday, wasn't it? Saturday. Saturday? Close. Last week was just a huge blur for me. Uh, what, how do you think he went? He didn't have a whole lot to do, but I thought he was pretty solid when he was called on. Oh, look, at the end of the day, it's what we expect from Jamie Young. You know, he obviously, you know, has, has a sort of shot-stopping ability and, you know, and like, I don't think he was really sort of, you know, tested as far. So, like, at the end of the day, we got the clean sheet and that, that'll make him happy. I agree. The only thing I'll add is I like his goal celebrations, Jamie Young. If you notice his celebrations when the goals went in, it's good. I like it. Yeah? yeah. What was he doing? I'll show you a picture later. Okay, sounds good. That... Is this radio friendly or should we... Uh... I'll post it on post it on social media as well. <laughs> Sounds good. So everyone can know what we're talking about. Instead Actually, of... if you go and look at Jamie Young's Facebook account, he's got the picture up there already. So We won't uh, suggest too many people stalk football or social media accounts? No, it's the public page, not oh, his okay. personal account. Not the Jamie Young Appreciation Society? Oh, I don't know which one it is. All right. So, Broich and Hingert, they were substituted in the second half. That's the second week in a row for Hingert. And I saw some rumours circulating that Broich might have been battling a calf injury. Is there any sort of cause for concern with those? I think that started on the, the coverage as well. They said he, either in his jump to head the ball or his celebration, one or two. It's where they kind of seemed to think it happened because he apparently, I didn't see it live, but apparently he signalled to the bench straight away that he wanted to be substituted at that point. So maybe that leads some credibility to that. I don't know. It could have also been the fact that he had to play 90 minutes last week. Maybe. Oh, he also just might have been tired. I mean, you never know. Well, that's what I mean. Like, he played 90 minutes last week, and I don't think he was expecting to, but then the injuries came in. But what's going on with Hingert? That's, yeah, two weeks in a row he's uh, been sort of gone down with cramps. Uh, I don't know if it's something more sort of sinister than, than that. You know, I don't think it should be going with sort of cramps this early. It's sort of, we're, we're in mid-season now, so you'd hope that their fitness is right up. So yeah, hopefully it's not something um, more sort of, yeah, more than understand what it really is because as, as we've said repeatedly you know he's he's crucial to that to the balance of that back line so if you believe what Aloysi said in the press conference it's cramp okay. he's doing more running up and back in the last couple of weeks and that's getting to him that's the official reason from Aloysi anyway well if that's the official response for the way he's been playing I'll take it yeah he's been playing well and truthfully like we, we do have a starting quality defender on the bench in Daniel Boll so I don't think it's the worst thing to try and give him some minutes Kind of like they didn't really do with James Donachey for most of the first half last year. Yeah, if we, they may need him at any point. He's a perfectly capable defender. It's beyond him in the depth chart that it's a bit dodgy. And I do love Donachey, but it was hilarious last season. <laughs> I do remember every time a player went down injured, he just stuck his head up like a eager little kid going, is it my turn? Is it my turn? Please, please, please. How's the bench going down in Melbourne? Yeah, it's going pretty well so far, I suppose. But uh, the penalty for the fourth goal, there was a little interesting thing. I don't know if you guys saw it, but... Uh, Thomas Christensen was kind of looking at the bench going, come on, shouldn't I be taking this? But McLaren decided to step up because I believe he actually wanted to score for his recently deceased grandmother. Yeah, that's correct. He wanted to take the penalty for that reason. That's not going to cause any issues, is it? I don't think so. I think Christensen should be understanding that as well, I think. It's understandable that he would want to get his hat-trick, but in the grand scheme of things, you 
you want strikers to score goals, and particularly in this case of Jamie McLaren, there was added incentive for him there. Because we did see Enrique, you know, stick his arm out, clear penalty, although I'm sure someone might say that it wasn't because nobody understands the handball rule, and I include FIFA in that. But, yeah, I would have liked to have seen Christensen do it, but given the extra circumstances going on, it's good to see McLaren give that chance to have a little bit of an outlet. Yeah, no, as, as Scott said, that, you know, at the end of the day, strikers there to... to um, to take penalties, and he, I, I'm pretty sure he's he, he's taken all the other penalties. Is it two or three he's taken this year? Yeah, now? so I mean, they, they, no, they had the one against Wanderers. That's the only one I can think of. I thought they yeah, might have and, one more. and I'm sure. And last season, I'm sure McLaren also took the penalties. So I, like, I, I know maybe Mr. Christensen's a bit keen to get his hat trick and get the game ball, but at the end of the day, may, maybe being three 0 up and it may be more about the sort of yeah the padding of statistics. But at the end, of the day, Jay McLaren is the um he's he's our number one take, and we should take him. All right, so let's move around to Adelaide now and start with Enrique. I thought he got a really nice reception from the fans. There were, I think I heard two idiots throughout the game that thought it might be funny to boo him, and I hope security dealt with those guys harshly. But, yeah, overall, I thought a bit of an unfortunate homecoming, but he's always welcome back at Suncorp. Well, he almost had a perfect homecoming in the first 20 seconds because he had a, if the ball had got to him at the back post, they would have had a tap-in, but other than that, it was not the best day for him, but... It's great to see him at Suncorp. He's always welcome, James. Always. Absolutely. And kind of looking back at the Adelaide team as a whole, I, I say this every time I see Adelaide play, but Marcello Karuska is amazing. He's like one of the most dominant playmakers I've seen in the A-League, and I really enjoy watching him play. He was all over the place. No, he, he is one of the... Um, like we, the, we talk about you know, the likes of, of Broach and Brisher and you know, a couple of the others. You know, the, the best you know, marquees have come to the league, but you know, uh, Marcello Karuska's up there. He, he, he does control the game, and it's 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 funny that you know that, that Adelaide get you know like four 0 basically when when Karuska's on the park because you know, normally that they're competitive and I think I think they're there um, any hopes of them defending the Premier's play at least I think are gone. That's exactly what I was about to say. I think outside of Karuska, I think they were decidedly second best on Sunday afternoon. I mean, but did they miss um, Isaias? That's the, the sneaky dirtiest player in the A League. <laughs> Everyone like misses players at some point though. You, yeah. got, you can't say. He would have made a difference in that game because I really don't think he yeah, would have. No, I don't, I don't think he made a difference, but I think, yeah, yeah. I did notice James Holland was actually getting into it a little bit with the raw players behind play. I think he was probably getting fairly frustrated in the second half because he would have loved it if they were able to. Understandable why he'd be frustrated at 3 or 4 nil down. And, and especially given the way their season's going, yeah. gone because they probably would have come in thinking, all right, we got that first yeah. win, we're going to really be developing now, but. Unfortunately, didn't quite happen. Well, that, that was the subplot. Is that you know? Oh, no, they they, they brought, ended round nine, and now where they going to go on a, 30, a thirteen uh, win streak, or something like that? And I think yeah, for it to come crashing down very very quickly, yeah, it must be disappointing for um for Adelaide. It moment. was always a fanciful idea, but now it's put to bed for good. They're not going to do exactly what they did last year. Unfortunately for them. All right, that's going to do it for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back with segment two to look around the youth league, women's league, and the A League news in a little bit. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com.
and welcome back to segment two of the Brisbane Football Review podcast from the Switch 1197 studios as part of the Outside 90 Fan Network. It's time to take a look at the goings-on over the past week, and we'll start with round 10 of the A-League. Sydney FC and Melbourne City played a fairly heated draw. I thought the Raw could only do the 1-1 draws with a little bit of spice, but... uh, I'm just going to start off with the main talking point from this. Fernando Brandan, you are an idiot. John Van Skip, you are a hypocrite. And I cannot wait to see you get replaced at Melbourne City and someone might actually have a bit more success. Yeah, no, look, uh, I wrote about my my uh, blog last night about the, um, about, I guess I call it the scourge. That is, that is you know, this diving, over-exaggeration and whatnot. We, we talked about it last week, we'll go over it again quickly. It's, I just cannot believe that it's happened again. And for, and for me, for John Van Skip to actually try and defend it, is seriously, you know, it, look, he's right. He may be another part of the world, you know, that it's accepted. Even that's questionable. But, you know, in Australia, no, it's not acceptable. And, yeah, it's just going to, yeah, it's just a bad look for the game. And that is something that, you know, going back to last week, I remember saying that's what the FFA needs to make clear, that it might be accepted in South America, it might be accepted in Italy, particularly around the 2006 World Cup. <laughs> but in Australian football, the A-League, that... That sort of stupid simulation has no place, and frankly, I'd happily see Brandan suspended, or at the very least, make him shave that ridiculous haircut. Yeah, I agree with you, but I'll just move on as well, because <laughs> you look at Matt Simon, his shoulder charge, he's got a one-match ban for that, and Bobo's kind of lucky that he got a yellow card at the time as well. Yeah. It could have actually been about four been, or five yeah. red cards in that. Yeah, I mean, Sydney in particular, I think we can kind of start labelling them the anti-football team again, because... Graham Arnold? No. No, never, but Brillante's <laughs> red card is... Symbolic of what they do is if you get behind them, they just hack you down. Mm. And I'd like to see some more stiffer punishment for those sort of fouls as well because it's completely cynical. And it does ruin the flow of the game. And the last thing you want to do is see the referee getting totally involved. And Luke Bratton actually said as much in the post-match. I will say it's not just Sydney FC who employ that strategy, but it's an example. (laughs) (laughs) But only when I'm playing against one of my friends because it's just funny to see them lose it. All right, let's move on. Wellington 2-0 over Central Coast. Response to a coaching change, good on Wellington, they got a win. And uh, Adam, what do you make of this? Yeah, look, uh, I guess the, uh, the Knicks actually continue their, their decent record. That's 9 out of 17 outside of Westpac. So they're off to... Uh, Mount Smart Stadium yeah, Mount this weekend. There, they're so not going back to North Harbour after the painted grass last year. <laughs> painted dirt, sorry. Yeah, so so look, they're, look, they're, they're potentially a decent team. Like I said, it'll be interesting if, if Chris Greenacre can get you know more out of them. But yeah, it, it was a good reaction. Central Coast, I think they're yeah, I think it's off week for them. Yeah, well, you get that sometimes. But it's one thing you notice about the A League this year is maybe not the Mariners, but even them to a little bit. Any team can win every week. Like we saw the Mariners spring a little bit of an upset a week plus ago. So. You can't really rule anything out, and that to me is what makes a good competition when you watch the game and don't know who's going to win. With Wellington, the big intrigue now is who they're going to hire as coach. I mean, Raymond Tribulek has been linked a lot. He's now back from the Club World Cup to Auckland City, so he's available, but we'll see what they do in that in the next couple of weeks. There's also, you know, they're even talking perhaps Harry Kuehl, so... Oh, please, not yet. <laughs> oh, <I'm laughs> at, least, at least it'll be a bit of interest, I think, in that in that uh, next coaching job. I wouldn't mind seeing Harry Kuehl get a job. I just think it's a little bit too early, and you might wind up with that Aloisi Melbourne Heart situation where a guy gets thrown in before he's, he's ready. He's coaching at Watford under 21, so he has got some coaching experience, probably a bit more than Aloisi had, but I take your point on that. And I, well, I do kind of wonder if uh, anyone's going to say Watford under 21s would belt any A-League teams. I'm sure they're out there. 
Probably. All right, now, there's a confusing bit of reporting going on around the Saturday night feature match. Western Sydney played for certain, but according to Channel 9 News, it was Melbourne City playing their second game in 24 hours. Well, it was a good win for them then. (laughs) (laughs) How's that for backing up with the deep squad? But it was actually Melbourne victory and Bessart Barisha getting a hat-trick, going up 3-0 over the Wanderers. So... I think well Bruce done, has put an end to his, um, the argument that he's not in the elite strikers anymore. I think that this hat-trick puts an end to that talk. And this, Well, this is something I'd love to hear from the uh, Outside 90 Melbourne Victory podcast. I've kind of seen Barisha getting a little bit deeper this year, trying to start the attacks himself, and I don't know if he necessarily has a pace to start it and finish That's it. That's kind of like what he used to do with the Roar mm. as well, if you think back. Especially when Broich was out. Yeah, and I think Melbourne Victory fans, some of them seem to be getting tired of it as well. Not, not that they'd be spoiled or anything with their never. run of success over the history of the competition. And then Perth versus Newcastle, the final game of the Saturday triple header. Adam, can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, look, uh, was it 4,000... Um, it was over 4,000 days, so how much since... Uh, oh, sorry. That's, that was a computer. Never mind me. Just keep going. Oh, OK. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, Newcastle actually uh, won a game for the first time in 11 years at um, in, in Perth. So, so Sorry yeah. for rattling you there. Yeah, oh, <laughs> explain what that is. That's again. the Asian Champions League draw music in the background, which we are going... If when you listen to this, we've recorded a live segment on that when you've listened to but this. But you can actually go to the Facebook page of the Raw Review and watch the archive and see what we all look like. And I'm very sorry I didn't shave for this. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, Perth, yeah, Newcastle. Anyway, Newcastle won. Uh, <laughs> Newcastle won. And, uh, yeah, Perth, I think they, I think they might even be a little trouble because uh, that's, that's you know, two sort of you know, fairly inept performances. Yeah, so we'll uh, keep powering through at the moment because there's just a guy talking on the computer screen right now, TV presenter, nothing really to worry about. I think we've got a little while to go before the ceremonial stuff is finished. Anyway, so on to the W League. The first part of the Sunday doubleheader at Suncorp Stadium, the Raw hosted Adelaide United... in. And uh, the Rural ran out to a 3-0 lead early in the second half, thanks to goals from Katrina Gorey, which, by the way, that was phenomenal. It's an absolutely um, fantastic story. I just wish I saw it live. Tamika Butt and Alira Toby before the visitors fought back with goals to Adriana Jones and Sofia Huerta. What, like, what do you make of this? It was a little bit of a second-half fade-out. Yeah, well, I'll start with the first half. I wish I saw Katrina Gorey's goal live because it was in the first two or three minutes of the game and I was still walking up from the train station. But and on replay, that's a fantastic strike. And the Raw started tremendously in that game. And, they could have been further in front by halftime. Well, if they were 2 0 up, they could have been 3 or 4 up. And when Alira Toby scored early in the second half, you thought it was going to be a rout. But Adelaide, to their credit, they found something and fought back. Yeah, no, look, as, as we said on, the, uh, on Facebook preview, I think Adelaide are a bit better than what um, sort of their position suggests. But uh, look, I, the, the, I guess the horse had bolted pretty much on, um, on Adelaide. And, and yeah, like I said, but they did fight back, but a good three points for women, and, and it keeps them in the in the hunt at the moment. All right, so some of the other results from around the W League. Melbourne City went down to Canberra United 2-1. First yeah. loss in the competition, James. Yeah. Finally. Finally. Congratulations to Canberra. And uh, Melbourne victory 2-2 against Western Sydney. Perth 1-0 against Sydney FC, clearly taking advantage of that uh, home field that they always <laughs> seem to play at. We've got the table here. We've got City and Sydney on 12 points. Canberra, Perth and Brisbane on 10 Newcastle 6, West Sydney 4, Adelaide and Victory 2 points. Next week, the uh, Raw W League side are travelling to Central Coast Stadium for the early broadcast it's game. It's the doubleheader game with the A-League, yep. Yep, so they're playing Canberra United, 1.30pm at Central Coast Stadium. We're going to move on to the Youth League now. The trifecta of Brisbane and Adelaide clashes over the weekend got underway on Saturday morning at AJ Kelly Park in round five of the Youth League season. Much like in the W League, Brisbane got out to a 3-0 lead 
with a brace for Nicholas D'Agostino. I knew I was going to mess that one up. <laughs> Plus a third for Joey Katabian, giving Brisbane a commanding 3-0 lead at the break. Adelaide, however, fought back in the second half with Ben Warland's brace, leading to a nervy conclusion on the peninsula. Adam, I believe you were there for us? Yeah, we, uh, Scott and I yeah, were we, both, both oh, there. You actually made the trip. I did. I feel bad for leaving you two there. <laughs> traffic, traffic was a nightmare, but we got there. Yeah, no, look... Um, the 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 raw the raw team they they play a you know, nice brand of football it's they really sort of they they play to sort of score and you know, and play very attack football but I also want to say, give credit to you know Ben Warland's first goal in in the second half Our, outstanding bicycle kick um, I guess look uh, Andre Genesi a little bit was at fault for um, for coming off his line and sort of missing the ball but you now the finish was actually you know quite something you know, that was you know class but uh, it was no nervy finish for. For the, the Raw boys, as Adelaide sort of roared home, but, um, but yeah, yeah, no, they held on. Yeah. To Adam's point about the attacking nature, if you, if, you, if you go the second half of Melbourne victory, that game, the Perth game, the washed-out game against Melbourne City in the first half against Adelaide, 14 goals in, in that period of time. That outlines the attacking nature of the side. And the real interest was Katibian was up front and D'Agostino was in a number 10 role, and it worked pretty well in truth. Maybe the combination for the yeah. future. You never know. And and the one other thing, just a quick point on that. You know, it's actually been on sort of a bit of uh, social media sort of stuff. Is that uh, I know John Elwissi, Ross Elwissi, and Craig Moore were all the goalkeeper coaches there as well. Yeah, I, yeah, perhaps there was, there was someone else in that box. So you can't say that you know they're not looking. They're not looking at the youth, but you'd hope that you know one, a few of these guys in that um, youth team will get a chance soon. Well, and that's, but that's the thing. The A League squad is quite deep, so it's not like you can necessarily just say, "All right." Someone's out. We've got a youth league player ready to step in. Well, Conor O'Toole got a promotion to the... I think he was the 16th or 17th man, whatever it is, who was ready to play this week if required. And Thomas Darbillich was on the bench. So they are bringing through some players. Just like to see them get some game time because there's plenty of talent in that squad. I was actually really interested to see how they sort of balance the goalkeeping needs out because obviously one of the younger guys would have had to have been on the bench for the A-League. So Yeah, so they just literally put their, the first choice keeper onto the bench in the A-League and the second choice came in. So that's basically how they did it. Fair enough. All right, so some of the other results. Conference A, Perth Glory 5-1 over Melbourne Victory. Melbourne City had a bye. Sydney FC uh, and Central Coast Mariners played in Conference B, 2-2. And the FFA Centre of Excellence did much better than they did last week, only going down 2-0 to Newcastle. So tables at the half point of the season. Conference A, City are on 9 points, Brisbane on 7, Adelaide at 4, Perth 3, Victory one point. Now, the Roar and City do have a game in hand. I believe that's because of the buy structure. It is. On a, we, I heard a vague rumour that might be just before Christmas. Well, that's unconfirmed at this stage. Fair enough. Oh, that's right, because they had the uh, st- rainout game. Yeah. Never mind me. I'm just going senile here. <laughs> Wanderers, Sydney and Newcastle are on seven points in Conference B. The Mariners and FFA Centre of Excellence are on three points in Conference B. Up next, Melbourne victory against Brisbane Raw, Sunday 2.30 at Lakeside Stadium in Melbourne. So, if you're looking for any Raw, Youth, A-League... Uh, women's team players in Brisbane this weekend, they will not be there. Nope. <laughs> All right, so let's get to move on to the news and reviews. You mentioned the Aloisi brothers. They've been linked with the they've been linked with the Adelaide job. Reports of Guillermoore heading to Manchester City with Pep Guardiola. <laughs> Sorry. Aloisi has been linked as a replacement. Do you reckon it's a genuine story or an attempt to unsettle genuine Brisbane? Genuine story. I mean, Guillermoore has got history at Barcelona with Pep Guardiola. I don't think it's in a coaching. It's probably in an off-field capacity. I can see that happening. I can also see Adelaide wanting John Aloisi, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the quotes from Aloisi this week saying he wants to be a part of this, he's, he sees a project here, he wants to be a part of rebuilding this club. I think he's 
I'm going nowhere, I believe, was the headline. Something like that. But yeah, the, the, the pre-game interview with Andy Harper on Sunday before the game, uh, that, that's pretty characteristic. If he were to go back on that, he's either given a truckload of money or he's a very, very good liar because you know, it was very convincing what John Elwood said. He's going nowhere. Yeah, and also I suppose the one thing we have seen as Raw fans is coaches can sometimes get drawn to their home city. I could, I, you could also see Ross potentially taking the head coaching role if offered. I could oh, see that happening. That would be awesome. That's Brisbane far versus more Adelaide. likely than Brisbane John versus Morgan. Adelaide round one next year with Ross and John as the coaches. That would be phenomenal. Well, that's the one thing is that we all say it's, it's John Elwissey that is probably going to stay, but we haven't heard anything from Ross Elwissey. And I think he's he's very close to being ready for a, you know, a head coaching gig. So that may be the answer for Adelaide if Guillermoore sort of decides to depart. Now he only needs to do is just stop yelling at everyone on the sideline. <laughs> all right, so we're going to move on because I believe the draw is actually coming up very soon. We've got a few minutes. Uh North, uh, National Premier League Queensland reshuffle. They're expanding from 12 to 14 teams in 2018, with a 14-team second division to form at the same time. Promotion and relegation will begin immediately. Uh, the two with results from the under-16s, 18s and 20s in the senior competition decide who goes up and down. So we finally got promotion and relegation in Australian football. It's just in yeah. one state. And it's a really interesting one as well because two new teams are going to come in, and if you believe what's in the pipeline, it's likely to be Lions, FC and... Peninsula Power, but they're also having a full 14-team second division, as you mentioned, and where those teams come from will be very interesting. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of Brisbane Premier League teams who are lining up to be in. It's just how many more from the northern regions are going to come in as well. That'll be the really interesting thing to follow. I see anyone that follows a local game will be saying, Hallelujah! We've, we're finally at the end of this ridiculous split competitions, you know, which has been frustra- a source of frustration for those who followed local game for sort of a number of years now. And to see that it's actually one combined league, I think, is a great thing. And look, promotion relegation also as well. I think it's going to make things make things very interesting. And for the Raw, this could get really interesting because it's a 16, 18s, 20s, and senior team. I know the Raw have a team beneath their youth league side, but I don't know how many more they have. So they may end up in the second division rather quickly because they don't have the teams to compete on that on that basis. So it'd be very what? interesting to see how that plays out. We'll see. All right. So we're oh, just sorry, I do know FNQ and NQ Fury have been given an exemption for three years from relegation because right. they don't have the teams yet. Fair enough. All right. So we're just going to touch on this one story uh, quickly at the end. Football has been named the number one participation sport on statistics collated by the Australian Sports Commission. Ausplay survey indicates over a million men, women, boys and girls are playing football. Good for the game, right? Absolutely, it's good for the game. I mean, it's long been considered the the game of choice for young people coming into sport growing up. It's great to see it now at the top of the list ahead of cricket. And just, yeah, but I guess at the end of the day, I guess so the, the tempering part of it is that all those statistics mean nothing if that means it doesn't translate to a single extra person going to the games, you know, being members and whatnot. So a long way of work to go, but you know what? It's good signs for the future. And I suppose my instant reaction to this is, look, it's been quite popular in the youth setup for a while. But now you get some of these kids with a legitimate option in Australia to come through and play professional football, whereas in the past they would have had to have gone to England or somewhere else in Europe and just really slogged it out. And, and that's the thing. I mean, we're now 11 years into the A-League. We're seeing the first generation of kids who've grown up with the A-League becoming adults now. You're starting to see that push through. This is the first time that's well, happened. The 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 there was actually potential that on uh, Saturday night, Nick Suman, the, uh, the young reserve keeper for for Wanderers, he would have been, had he got on the pitch, he may, he would have been the first millennial to wow. start in the A-League. So that we're at that point now where the next generation is starting to come in, where they've grown up with the A-League virtually. All right, that's it. That's enough. I just feel ridiculously old talking about that. We're going to come <laughs> back with segment three and our reactions to the Asian Champions League draw. This is the Brisbane Football Review. 
You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. And welcome back to segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. And for those that uh, just joined on Facebook Live, thanks very much for that. And we went a little bit longer than expected, but I would say overall it went quite well. Oh, one day I've seen for that. Yeah, the worst people in the world, honestly. UEFA. FIFA. No, AFC's worst. This is impossible. Welcome back. It's anyway. the Brisbane Football yeah. Review. And also, it would have been outside Matty.com. I could read out the names being drawn out of the hat instead of relying on the guy to read it out. Although, I suppose better him reading it than me because I know I would have stuffed up several names. Alright, so we're just going to do a quick segment here looking at the results of that Asian Champions League draw. Scott, we're going to let you lead us off. Okay, so we'll start with Brisbane Raw specifically and they will play either Tampine Rovers or Global FC on the 31st of January and that game will be at Suncorp Stadium, we believe. We'll be in Brisbane anyway and Suncorp Stadium is free, so it's likely to be there. And Managing Director Mark Kingsman has actually said he would like to play it at Suncorp because it is the Raw's home ground. Yep. And assuming they win that game, fingers crossed, they will travel to Shanghai Shenhua the following week, which I believe is the 7th. Yep. yep. And that game, if they will happen to win both, that first game at Suncorp and then the game in Shanghai, they would be in, in the group stage, which would be Group E, against Kashimura Antlers, Muantong United, and one of Jeju United, Kitchi, or Hanoi TNT. So one of those three teams, along with Mantong United or Ka- and Kashmir Antlers, could potentially be a group stage for Brisbane Raw, but there's a lot of things to happen before then. They've got to win two games, basically, yeah. and that's because the Socceroos and whatnot have actually yeah. been underperforming in Asia lately. a change lately. in the AFC rankings, and Australia has dropped down. So thank you very much, Ange. <laughs> Not that we're actually blaming him for it, but anyway. We'll blame him. Wait, he won't blaming someone this, other than me? He won't listen to this, don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I think you, that's a pretty safe bet. We still love you, Ange, but this one. <laughs> and if when you do leave the Socceroos post, we'd love to have you back at the Raw because you did quite well that first time. Absolutely. Come back, please. Adam, so what was your takeaway on that group? Uh, look, um, look, it all depends really on... Um, so it comes down to February 7 in, uh, at the Hongqiu Stadium in, Sh- in Shanghai. And look, if, if somehow, some way, the Raw can do it... And look, I, I was personally witnessed, you know, when, you know, when sort of against all hope that you know, the Raw went into uh, Saitama a few years ago and beat Urua. Now, I think that's going to be the same sort of tactic, is that you know, almost pinch a goal and just hold on. I think they did the same in Beijing in the same sort of qualifier. So, look, it's not without hope, but look, Shanghai Shenhua, they've got a strong squad. And, but look, let's, if we're going to look at the positive side, I give us half a chance. Uh, if, we can, if we can get into that group, um, like Kashima is going to be tough. But outside of that, you know, you'd hope that we'd match up well against the Thai teams. And, and yeah, like I said, and, and there's also the Korean team, Jeju United, which that be interesting little travel, but I still think we'd go all right. So, yeah. At this point, that group is, if we ever get to that group, that's highly manageable. But we've haven't seen we said really that about hard, in no, the past? No, some of the really hard. I mean, FC Tokyo. FC Tokyo, and Beijing. And that first season, you could have... the Korean team, I can't remember the name of the Korean team we played in the first year, but they made they the final. They were the champions, all signed yeah, one day. All signed, yeah, they made there the final. So, and then yeah. last time, Urawa, Beijing again, and Suwon, I mean, that's about as hard as you're going to get. This is much more manageable if we get there. It's just, I'm a little bit nervous about saying that. I just want to go on record. No, I'm, I don't think any of us are guaranteeing they're going to get there, because Shanghai away is... By Tough. no means an easy I mean, match. I think if, you, if you're being fed in combat, I think, you know, more likely not, we, it's going to be tough, you know, but I will say, I mean, know. the Raw away from home in Asia have been better than they've been at home. Yeah. So we've won two games away out of six in Asia, or seven, can the Buriram game. 
and with we've that, not won a single game at home. So well, maybe we, we, it's better we, to play this game on the road. Well, let's just hope that you know Thief is January. You know, look again if we if we're being so realistic about things, we should be beating a Tampines yeah. Rovers or or Global. That that would be if to lose one of those two sides would be a sort of fair indictment on yeah, the state of the A-League. That'd be a monumental failure. I will also yeah. say in China, away from home in the Champions League, it's a win and a draw. The first time we played Beijing, it was a one-all draw, and then we beat them. But our record in China is not too bad. With that sort of smash and grab philosophy you mentioned, Adam, like we've seen them do it in the A League a few times this year, so it's not as though it's a completely foreign concept like it might have been with Postacoglu, where it was attack, attack, attack. That's and a good point you make. I mean, Ange and also Franz Tyson played the raw way, so to speak, with attack minded football. Aloisi showed he's prepared to mix it up. Tyson played and with the... eleven players. <laughs> <laughs> and just eleven. And all and but Aloysius shows prepared to mix it up, and the Australian teams who have had success, if I can spit it out, have mixed it up in Asia. They've played more on the counter-attack, used their pace, sat back a little bit deeper, things that Raw haven't done. So if Aloysius takes that approach, I wouldn't rule out a potential result in China by any stretch of the imagination. Look, and also... It's just not... You can't guarantee it because it's a hard match. And also, as well, the one so positive we can take there, if we want to look for a glimmer of hope, you know, of, of a potential Brisbane Raw trip to Shanghai, is that they're going to be still in pre-season. So, well, we're, we'll be battle-hardened for a few months. So that also comes here. And look, it may even be a case of they may still have an unsold squad because their, their goal, like so the Greenland group who owns the club, they're, they're looking further beyond that. They're looking, you know, Chinese Super League tiles. And they may, who knows who they'll bring in with the amount of money they've got. So that may unsell the side a little bit. And, you know, that's, that's where we could probably, you know, sort of, we you should, know, take our chances. We should if we're to face them in, got, in May so or June, we're, we're in big trouble. So. We should mention who they have as well. I mean, they've got, at the moment, Denver Bar, Freddie Guarin and Obafemi Martins. But that's... Jamie subject, McLaren? Soon. Subject to change, you never know with... These Chinese teams, they have tremendous overhaul in yeah, foreign they're, players. They're so. incredibly ruthless so, with their selections. So I just want to touch on the qualifying fixtures and their potential impact on the Raw's A-League campaign. So we'll start off Saturday the 21st of January. They're playing uh, at Wellington at 4.30 in the afternoon over there, Brisbane time. So I don't know if that means they'll be able to get back Saturday night for I the doubt Tuesday. It. I doubt it, to be honest. But yeah. Probably a Sunday flight back, but that's but, not too bad, though. I mean, it could be, could be worse things happen. You just have to hope Hingit doesn't cramp up again in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Jack. Anyway, uh, and then so catching a little bit of a break, Saturday the 28th of January, it's Western Sydney Wanderers at home. So they've got in Wellington, then they've got home, and then uh, 3rd of February against Sydney FC. So that's, what is it, four days rest from... No, excuse me. That's four days rest from the 21st to the 24th. No, I can't do math. So that's three days rest. Yeah. And then you've got four days rest through to the hang Wanderers on, 24th, game. 24th, hang on. When is the... When Tuesday the 24th, I thought. That's what it's... That's preliminary stage one. They're all running in that. Ten, it'll be 10 It's the 31st yeah. of... That's the raw play on the 31st of January, James. So it's between the two Sydney it's games. It's been a long day, all right? <laughs> I thought when you were saying that the Wellington thing didn't make sense. It's, yeah. th- it's two home games, Sydney FC, the Wanderers, and then you've got the, so, the home game in between that. So, so potentially that's highly manageable. So, okay, it's home yeah. against the Wanderers in the lead-up to the qualifier against... Yep. Global or Tampine, so that's, that's not bad. That's entire, that's completely manageable. That whole week when you got Sydney at home as well, that's on manageable. the Friday. Yeah. I would not be surprised though if we do see some of the youth league players like we were talking about before getting a bit of a run in the first first team or at least off the substitutes bench. It wouldn't surprise us actually with the quick turnaround, but at least look, three home games. Look, to be fair, you'd you'd almost you could see you know some of the youth players getting a run you know against um, Tampines or Global. Look, and I don't mean to be disrespectful for those, to those clubs, but you know the from what. Yeah, you know, from all sort of accounts, you know, the level between the A League and those leagues, 
there is still it's still a long way. So maybe maybe that's the way you know John Elwisi can manage sort of the A League sort of front and also as well as you know a, you know sort of advancement in, in Champions League at least in the first round and then you know take to run sort of the gamble on this on the second game a week later. It does get harder though if you go through that first week because obviously away to Shanghai. It's on Wednesday, I believe, or Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday the thirty-first, according to the run sheet you wrote. So. And then you've got the Melbourne City away at the weekend. So that's a little bit more because it will be hard getting back from China, I presume. Oh well, at least you're getting a flight to Melbourne. You should be able to get a flight from somewhere in China, China to Melbourne. Melbourne yeah. 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 It's just if they go straight back to Melbourne. I know that in the past they have flown into Brisbane and then gone out to other away games in the past. Which it's interesting to see how they'll do it, but. All right, so there are two Australian teams that have actually already made the group stage. We've got Adelaide United yeah. and the Western Sydney Wanderers. So I'm going to let Scott... Yeah, I might t- just read through the East Asia groups, James. Yep. So Group E is the potential Brisbane Raw group we mentioned. That's got Kashima, Muan Tong, and a playoff, a playoff winner, along with the Raw potential playoff winner. Group F is the Wanderers group. So they're in with SC Seoul, the second Japanese team, and a playoff team. Probably Shanghai SIPG for them. Group G is Guangzhou, Evergrande, Suwon, the Japanese third team, and Eastern FC from Hong Kong. And Group H, that's Adelaide United's group, along with Jangju Suning, John Book, and a playoff team, which will probably be the fourth team did from we, Japan. Did we get it wrong in the uh, live show? I think you did, entirely, yeah. Entirely possible. Yeah, yeah I no, think you jumped the gun on the Yeah, because I thought, I thought it was Western Sydney. And, no, well, I apologise for that. But... We were yeah. reading it off a very small yeah. camera screen. I blame the screen. And, and the camera work. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. All right, so uh, we'll just... That'll do, do you want do me to go through the West Asia, or are you not going to We'll worry about West Asia... Later the, next yep. year. Yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. Make sure you check out the archive of our Facebook Live video because I'm sure it's going to entertain somebody, especially with all the comments about how short I am, especially the one from my fiancé. You are short. I'm it's still waiting for fact. my growth spurt, all right? It's asthma, caffeine, and genetics. It all messed me up. All right, we're going to be back with segment four and a preview of this weekend's game against the Central Coast Mariners. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back to the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review podcast from the Switch 1197 Studios. Before we get into the preview, Scott, can you outline how people can get in touch with us? Okay, so you've seen our studio today at Switch 1197. You can listen to our show on there. You've got the uh, podcast on iTunes and Audio Boom. You've got our Facebook account at facebook.com slash Brisbane Football Review. On Twitter at Raw Review. We've got our email account, at, which is Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com. And James is always available for a fan cam after yep. the game on the Northern Plaza. The more, be- the, more the better. All right, so uh, this weekend, Sunday afternoon, the Raw are playing the Central Coast Mariners in Gosford again. Thomas Christensen scored the winner in the last time these two teams met in round three. Overall, at Central Coast Stadium, it's played 21, won 13, lost only two. So that is very yeah. encouraging. And five draws. So Those two losses came into one season, actually. Was that early on? No, it was the um, season in between the three grand finals. Yeah, we, we were uh, about eight years uh, undefeated at, uh, at the Central Coast, so... Under Rado, and the second one was under Mike Mulvey. Uh, all right, so 
let's get into it. We talked about um, the previous game. What was your key takeaway take from Because from memory, it wasn't the most enthralling no. of contests. It was a pretty dull, dour kind of game. I think the Raw were... Both teams were coming off 4-0 defeats. So I think both sides were being extra cautious. It was the Mariners' first home game, so there was excitement for them on that. But I think both sides were looking to eke out a result. And fortunately for Brisbane Raw, they were able to do that. And it was the start of their current eight-game unbeat streak. Well, it was better than the 4-0 loss <laughs> the week before to Newcastle. All right, so any injury concerns from Sunday to worry about? We mentioned Thomas Broich and Jack Hingott potentially. Yeah, I think you'd expect them both to be named uh, in, in the squad on Thursday. But I think other than that, um, I think Brett Holman's still a couple of weeks away. I think it's a month away, yeah. actually, isn't it? Yeah. Now, one thing that I was actually really hoping to see on Sunday against the Adelaide United team, I was hoping Corey Brown would actually manage to pick up a booking because from memory, he's on four right now he's and on one four, game off yes. suspension. And again, this is probably going to seem like a cocky Brisbane guy getting ready for the Mariners, but if he's going to miss that one or the home game against the West Sydney Wanderers a week well, later... he might not get the yellow card. You never know. Yeah, sure. He's a defender. He won't get a yellow card. You never know. <laughs> this is how he behaves himself, I think. The good, the thing, it would be probably Daniel Bowles to come in. This is all speculation for a future week, but Daniel Bowles would come in and Connor O'Toole to be on the bench. And I suppose you might be able to move Hingert to left-back because he has played there in the past. I think that's kind of the plan this year is to... Shuffle Hingard around as necessary. And as much Bo- as Adam doesn't like the idea. No, and Bowles like is probably the like fifth the choice, yeah. no matter what. If you're going with yeah. the top four instead of like position-specific. You could also put Bowles on the left. I think he's done that off the bench once or twice, too. Anyway, that's all speculation for a future episode. All right, Central Coast. Who are we worried about? Uh, yeah. I think O'Donovan's always a threat. You can't rule him out. But I think other than that, you've got Connor Payne on the wing. and Took my one. Trent Bahadja, maybe. But I think they're kind of a developing side, really. The way the Raw have controlled some other... D- Attacks this year, Fornaroli, Bobo, etc. They shouldn't have too much trouble with this one, knock on wood. Yeah, no, I, I would have thought that the if there's going to be any threats um, from the Mariners, it'll be out wide. Like, as, as you mentioned, Bahaja and Payne, so, and, so, and maybe even Fabio Ferreira. You know, they, they seem to be able to, most teams, be able to sort of give them a few sort of, you know, sort of, you know, problems out wide, but at the end of the day, it's a finishing product, and they, I think they rely too much on on uh, Roy O'Donovan to sort of you know do the bulk of their scoring, and I think they just need that second threat. But I look, I think the Raw should have them covered. Do you think? I think they might have a fair bit of possession though. Central Coast Mariners. I think I think also also saw today Jacques Fati and Nick Montgomery are back. Uh, oh, good. So well, make of that what you will. One thing, the one person that actually worries me most is Paul Ocon because I kind of feel like if he can actually get his team you know, amped up and motivated, I do worry that they might come out and go, oh, Brisbane actually aren't that good. We can run over them. I think all teams when Brisbane come to town should think hey, their away record is not the best. This is an opportunity for us. That's the way I would look at it if I was an opposition manager against Brisbane Raw at home. That's an important three points as well for the Raw because like I said we all know how, how well we go go sort of you know, at home. But, um, but yeah. All right. So I mean, look, We're just talking about the Champions League as well. Yeah. I mean, if that does happen in the end of the... There's a busy period upcoming, even if it's just the qualifiers, so picking up points now in the league is important. Took the words right out of my mouth. Anyway, so we're going to move on to wrapping this up, because I'm quite hungry and want to get out of here. <laughs> so um, it's a double header with the Raw Women's League playing Canberra early on, so I think it's a 1.30 Brisbane time yeah, kickoff so again. at 1.30. The youth team is also playing in Melbourne on Sunday afternoon at 2.30 Brisbane time, and then you've got the A-League game, I think it's at 3.30 our time. All right, so the round 11 fixtures, Newcastle playing Adelaide on Friday night. That's going to be... Yeah. Great for SBS ratings. <laughs> Saturday, Wellington are playing Western Sydney at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland. Hopefully that might uh, gauge... Hopefully they've got grass and not painted dirt. But... We'll see. Melbourne City are playing Melbourne Victory in the Derby and undoubtedly the biggest game of the weekend, I'd say. Yeah, I 
Yeah, why not? It, well, it's either that or Perth Glory Sydney FC. So Another home game for Perth. I had to steal Go your figure. Line. <laughs> I had to steal your line. All right, so let's get into the predictions and start off with an around the league one. Adam? Oh, it's got to be the derby. Now, Melbourne victory has struck back, I think. Um, City, City have been a bit rattled, uh, sort of last a couple of weeks of draws and, and whatnot. So, but I think Melbourne victory are back with a vengeance and that, they'll sort of tip it off on the derby. I won't take the derby. I'll go with the Friday night blockbuster, as you described it. Newcastle against Adelaide. Adelaide need a response back big time. And uh, after what happened at the weekend, and Newcastle had a good win away from home. They'll be trying to follow that up. And I'm going to be talking about uh, another bounce back, Perth Glory. I think you're going to give Sydney FC their first loss, loss of the season. He's hoping because they're running away with the league at the moment. And we need do to want to start bringing them back to the pack. We don't want to uh, just have a one horse race, unless it's Brisbane that's the one horse. <laughs> All right, so uh, Brisbane specific. Scott, we're going to go to you. What's going to happen in the Raw game this week? I weekend? think it'll be 2 0. Pretty comfortable win. I think 3 0. I'm going to go 3 0 as well. One of these weeks, I will actually track how our predictions are going because <laughs> yeah. I don't think it will be very good. Producer James, that's your job for the next week. Producer? Wow, I'm getting a promotion. We're exe- I'm executive producer and so is Adam, but <laughs> don't get too excited. All right. So that's going to be it for this very special Tuesday edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Scott, Adam, thanks for coming today. Good to see you, yeah, James. Good to see you. Well, I hope you enjoyed the Facebook Live. Yeah, it was a lot yeah. of fun, that. <laughs> and everyone enjoy the football that's coming up this weekend. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.